Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. So the mission statement of, of the church says we, we thrive to be a church that is moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to need some help this morning. Okay. <laughs> so over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about what it means to be moved, what it means to be led, what it means to be empowered. Because I don't want just, I don't want it just to sound good, right? I don't want it just to be something that we say. I want us to understand what it means so that we can live in it. And today's message, we're talking about movement. Movement. Did you know if you're not moving and you're idle, and if you're idle long enough, it can kill you? If you're not moving, if you're not moving forward, that can be unhealthy. There's always a risk uh, with, with people who go on bed rest, right? Or they find themselves in, in a coma that if you're, if you're laying down for too long in the same position, not moving, it, it can be kind of detrimental to your health because you, your, your body develops these, these skin sores. They can get infected, and it's just not, it's not good. Um, and also, if you notice, like, still water. I don't know why I know this. It's just one a random fact that I know. But still water is is the the filthiest type of water because like if you have a pond or something um, because it's not moving and if it's not moving it gets contaminated. So small bodies of water tend to not be very clean because there's no movement in the water. So we always want to be moving. Amen. We want to be moving. We want to be moving forward. If you're not moving. You ain't going anywhere. And, uh, but there's also the right type of movement because not all, not all movement is good movement. Amen. And uh, the main text today takes us all the way back to the beginning. I want to look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. All right. Do you have it? Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And I have it up here if you don't have it. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. All right. So we all know this, this story. And the title of today's message is, is What Moves You? What Moves You? I chose this passage because it tells, us, it tells us about the vulnerabilities that we all have as humans. We're, we, we are all flawed. Every single day, we fail God. Every day, we disobey God. Um, and it, it's, it's much for the same reasons... Uh, like, like we see here in this story, even though we're so far removed from Adam and Eve in, in time and in culture, 
uh, we're moved by a lot of the same things that they were moved by. And whatever has the most weight in your life, church, is going to be the thing that moves you the most. I'm going to say that again because I highlighted it in red. And when I highlight things in red, I really want to drive that point. What moves you, what, what has the most weight in your life will be the thing that moves you the most. For example, the most important people in our lives tend to be our, our family members, right? Um, because, you know, they, they hold so much weight. So we're moved a lot of times by what is best for our family or by what our family members want. This is uh, the reason that uh, when we were in Disney World, I bought Layla this $80 princess dress that she wore like twice, right? Because she needed to have it. And how was I not going to make my daughter a happy little girl on the happiest place on earth, right? So I, uh, I bought it for her. Um, or if, if just like, if being a, a kind, a good, compassionate person, if that's important to you, you might go out of your way and do something uh, for someone who's in need. Whatever's important in your life will move you in a certain direction. And it also works on the negative. If more riches, if more materialism, Um, holds a lot of weight in your life. And that's kind of what you're pursuing in your life. You're going to be moved in that way uh, in which gratifies your desires. So the question this morning that I want us to think about is, is in your life, what holds the most weight? What holds the most weight in your life? And I want to talk about three different things here that I believe have a very large say in, in the way that we're moved and the way that we make decisions, uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, we, we want to be a church that is moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. Not by emotions. Not by the things that, 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 that we want. Not by our own desires. We want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. So I think if we can identify some of these things that, that, that kind of moves us, we can be more aware of it and, and uh, be more intentional about it. So I want to start with my first point here, we're moved by our emotions. Amen. Anybody emotional? (laughs) I saw some hands go up. Verse six of this passage, it, it said, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired, she took of its fruit and she ate. Um, emotions are, probably one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us as a part of our human nature, right? Emotions are good. Emotions are good. Emotions allow us to uh, sympathize with other people. They allow us to feel things that we need uh, to be felt. They make us sensitive, right? They make us human. Um, And other people know this. And so they they use what's called uh, uh, pathos. Did you ever learn that? Ethos, pathos, logos, and like in like grammar in English class, pathos is this uh, ability to appeal to your emotions. So, like, um, you guys remember that uh, that commercial um, where it was like SPCA and like it had the saddest song, like I think it was in the arms of an angel, right? In the arms of an angel, right? And then it's showing you all these terrible, terrible, um, just sad pictures of these of these puppies. And uh, I actually looked it up before preaching the sermon, and I was already like starting to cry, man. Uh, 
But I, I remember Alexa, man, she would be bawling every time she saw that commercial. Bec- and and that's, that's the point, right? And at the end of the commercial, um, it's trying to get you to, to go and, and call and support the SPCA or adopt one of these animals, right? And, and that's, that's, that's pathos working, right? Because it's, it's evoking your emotion uh, to get you to be moved by it, uh, to do something that they want you to do, right? And so our emotions, they're, 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 they're a good thing. They also allow us to appreciate things. I walked in the house um, earlier this week to my three girls now. I have three girls, uh, uh, my, my wife and my two, my two girls, and they were all taking a nap, and I was just like, man, God, thank you. Like, I, I, I felt happy in that moment for my family. But emotions are also dangerous. Amen. They're dangerous when they let, when we let ourselves be moved by them in a, in a, in a foolish and spiritually detrimental way. And the thing is, man, we've got a lot of emotions. We have got a lot of emotions. So it's easy for our emotions to get the best of us because many times we don't even know when we're being managed by them. Psychologists say that we have about six to eight primary emotions and then dozens more um, that fall into each of those categories. So like, for example, anger is a primary emotion and a subcategory of that might be rage, jealousy, disgust. And whenever we feel any of these emotions, we then communicate these emotions by the next step. Someone say next step. It's the next step, church, that makes all the difference. It's, it's what you do following a certain emotion that can make you or break you. This is why Jesus said, in your anger, do not sin. He didn't say, don't, don't be angry. He didn't say, don't, don't ever feel that emotion of, of anger inside of you. He said, when you do get angry, don't let it lead to sin. Don't react in it. It's the next step. It's the next step. It's what you do in that moment. And so sometimes you're, you're upset. Sometimes you get angry and sometimes you react in that anger. Or you have a, a spouse that you're like, <laughs> every time you want to tell them something, you have to like say, hey, I have to tell you something. But just, just I, I need you to chill a little bit, okay? And of course, that makes them angry, right? <clears throat> so there's no winning. Um, but, but that, that's an, that's an emotion that a lot, that leads sometimes to, to sin, um, or even, even good emotions, even happiness when you're on vacation man, everything's going great. You're, you're on vacation, you're relaxing. And so what, what do you do? You, you want to continue that, uh, that gratification, um, of, of self-pleasure. So, so you put money, you, you put things on credit cards cause you don't have it in your bank account and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to spend, spend, spend. Then you get back home and then you have to pay for your vacation when you're not on it anymore. And, and so those are, those are different types of emotions that move us towards recklessness and foolishness. And one of the things that Adam and Eve, uh, were moved by was their emotions, the emotion of curiosity, the emotion of excitement. Uh, if I just eat of this tree, maybe we can be like God. Maybe we can know things like God knows things. Uh, the emotion of desire when Eve saw the tree and it was good and, and, and the fruit that it was producing was pleasing to the eye. And in a moment, she was moved by her emotions that led to the fall of humanity. By some emotions. 
I, I know Adam and Eve get all the blame for the fall of humanity, but I mean, come on. <laughs> How many times have we been moved by our emotions in a spiritually detrimental way? How many times have you let anger turn into road rage and you reacted and it wasn't Jesus behind the wheel? <laughs> How many times have you not held your tongue and, and, and said something that caused damage? What I want us to understand as a church moving forward is that the Holy Spirit is not an emotion. The Holy Spirit is not an emotion. We have to understand this, man, because we, we, we confuse it a lot. You can feel happy um, from things that are not from the Holy Spirit. You can, you can feel good from things that are not from the Holy Spirit. So what we need is a church who can identify when it's the Spirit and when it's an emotion. Look, sermons can make you feel emotional. Sermons. Worship songs can make you feel emotional. I, I uh, heard this atheist say that one time he listened to one of the, one of the Hillsong worship songs and he was moved to tears because of, uh, of just the beauty of, of the words, of the lyrics. It was very poetic, right? Did he get saved the next day? No, because it had no weight. It was just an emotion. It was, it was there one minute and it was gone the next. So you're going to be emotional sometimes. At the altar call, you're going to be emotional. And there's nothing wrong with that. God gave us emotions. But remember, the next step should not be taken from an emotion, but rather by the Spirit. Are you, are you with me this morning? <clears throat> Too many emotions in the church have led to false callings. Emotions. You were moved by a message, and you thought God was calling you to be a missionary. I was like, well, I, no, 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 not you. <laughs> no. And, and we confuse, we confuse emotion. Even in the church, we confuse emotions with the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, we, we have to be able to separate the two, our emotions from the Holy Spirit. Emotions can spark something that, that you feel is from God, and maybe it is. You have to pray about it. You have to fast about it. But get spiritual confirmation, not emotional confirmation. Amen. Emotions fade away, church. Spirit lingers. The, the spirit kind of tugs a little bit longer uh, than, than emotions do. Uh, emotions are typically there one day and gone the next. The spirit lasts. So that's the first thing. That's the first vehicle uh, which, which causes us to be moved uh, to certain things as emotions. The next one is influence. Sometimes it's emotions, other times it's influence. Verse 4 says, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes are going to be open, you're going to be like him, and you're going to know good and evil. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And in the beginning, here in the story, Eve was deceived because she was allowing herself to be influenced by someone with no morals. And I think that this is a very relevant point today because we're living in a time where influence is like all the rage. Everyone wants to be an influencer. Everyone wants their, their voice to be heard, so they speak out. We're influenced by, 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 by so many different things on what to wear, on how to live, on how to vote, on what to accept, on what to say, on what not to say. And we're overwhelmed with influence that many times we're influenced by, we're moved by it. And, and the thing is, man, 
I hope, I hope the youth kids are getting this, man, because I know you guys do a lot with influence. Influence makes us make decisions that, that we don't even really want. It's like, they're like secondary wants. What we really want is what comes with it. We want to be cool. We want to be accepted. We want to, we want to fit in. We want to be politically correct. So, so we just, we kind of give in. Um, when I was a kid, I cashed in on the savings bond that my, my godparents gave me. If I would have waited till I was 18, it would have been worth 500 bucks. I, I cashed it in for like 200 bucks because I wanted the new Jordans at the time. If you're in fifth grade and you don't have Jordans, like, why even go to school? <laughs> you know, who are you, right? And so I, I, I wanted the Jordans. My, my, I don't think my parents wanted to buy them for me. Mean parents. And uh, so I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just cash this in and, you know, buy my money. And it wasn't because I wanted the Jordans. It wasn't because they looked, they were the best looking shoe ever. It was because that's what you did. That's what you did. And if, if, if you wanted to be noticed, you got to get yourself some nice shoes. And I wanted to walk in my school and I wanted people to, to stop and admire what was on my feet, and I wanted to be cool, and I just, it wasn't, it wasn't the shoes themselves, it was, it was the influence behind it that said, you need this. If you want to be approved, if you want to be cool, if you want to be accepted, you need this. And so Eve wasn't asking her, Eve wasn't going around in the garden asking herself, I wonder how I could be like God. She never dealt, she didn't deal with that. We don't see that. That wasn't her first desire. It didn't even cross her mind until the influence came and said, hey, you could be like God. And then when that influence happened, she began to think about it. She began to entertain it. And well, I, who doesn't want to be like God? He's the creator of all this. I could, I could be like him. I could know all the things. The world is always going to influence us to be like the world. Always. But we weren't called to be like the world. We were called to be like Christ. And so when we allow ourselves to be influenced by what the world says and by its standards, we end up looking more like the world and less like Christ. The passage says in verse 6, she took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And then their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. And made loincloths. So sometimes we're moved by our emotions. Other times it's by influence. And other times it's by pressure. That's my last point. Pressure. I don't want all the women to like get after me. I'm not, I'm not saying that Eve pressured her husband. I'm not not saying it. Uh, there's no way of really knowing if Adam was really pressured or not. The text doesn't really give us enough information. In my mind... Adam was probably like, babe, I don't, I don't think so, babe. You know, God does. I'm the priest of my home. God doesn't want us to do this. You know, we got to think about what God wants. And then Eve was like, what about what I want? <laughs> have you ever had that conversation? Yeah. No, but in all, all seriousness, pressure has a lot to do with what moves us sometimes. Pressure. The pressure to perform well at work. The pressure from people. The pressure from society. And sometimes all this pressure backs us up into a corner that it makes us make a decision simply because we were pressured to. And 
And if I could just speak as a, as a pastor in leadership, um, there's always there's always pressure to, you know, for, from the church to represent the church well. And I, don't, I don't get pressure from you guys, you know, directly, but it's still there. It's it's I feel it. I said this a few months ago during our, our vision Sunday, um, sharing the vision with people was kind of nerve wracking because, you know, people come with different opinions and different suggestions and different wants. And, and uh, so it's easy to be moved by people than by the spirit of God. Do you know that the spirit doesn't talk as loud as people? People talk a lot louder. The Holy Spirit isn't super opinionated about your every little thing. People can be. And so maybe you feel, you know, pressure by by your financial situation and it's affecting your home life and, and you're stressed out, your, your spouse is stressed out, and, and so you're moved to do something that God didn't call you to do. Um, or you're moved to do something, uh, you're, you're, you're feeling the pressure to satisfy people rather than satisfying God. I think about, I think about Moses when uh, God commanded him to speak to the rock uh, so that water would come forth, right? Uh, this was during a time they were in the wilderness and they didn't, uh, they didn't have access to water. There was a drought and all the people of Israel were complaining and they were saying things like, you should just left us in Egypt. We could have died there. And they were assembling together and they were meeting in little groups and they were talking about uh, Aaron and they were talking about Moses and, and saying, man, these guys are the wrong, they're the wrong guys for the job. And, and they were just complaining about the situation. And so God says, okay, speak to the rock, do this, I'm giving you instructions, and then water will come forth. Moses was so PO'd that he didn't do that. He gave them a speech. I mean, he got, he got after the Israelites, and then what does he do? He strikes the rock with everything that he's got in anger, in rage, and as a result, God is like, you didn't listen to me. You were moved by your anger. You were moved by the pressure. You were moved by influence instead of what I commanded you to do. And as a result, you will not enter the promised land. That's how serious it is to be moved by the spirit and not by anything that is external. And maybe you're feeling that pressure today. Maybe you're feeling, you know, maybe it's from yourself. Maybe it's from your situation. I want to challenge you not to be moved by pressure. Now, I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to wrap up. Remember the the thing that carries the most weight in your life will be the thing that moves you the most. And and that movement might be channeled via emotions, via influence, via pressure. So, how do we become individuals and then a church that is moved by the Holy Spirit? That's, that's the question that we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to being a church that is moved by the Spirit. Step one, we have to make God the biggest thing in our lives. You have to make God, if you want to be moved by the Spirit, you have to, you have to begin with making Him a priority. He's got to be bigger than your relationships. He's got to be bigger than your marriage, than your issues, than your careers, than your wants, than your desires. If we are moved by what God wants rather than by what we want or what other people want, we're off to a good start. But it doesn't stop there. That's just step one. Because, and I want you to get this, the Spirit of God can be the biggest thing in our lives, but we're still moved by human elements. God could be number one in your life, but you're still being moved by emotions, by 
influence and by pressure. Like I said earlier, you can be emotional after listening to a worship song or a sermon or watching a Christian movie. And, 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 and that can move you to doing something that God didn't necessarily call you to do. You can be influenced to move in a direction God didn't call you to. You think because all your friends are on the worship team, you got to join the worship team. You think, well, because all, all, my, all my friends are preachers and they're good preachers. Now I, got, I guess I got to preach, you know, and you're influenced by that. I'm constantly inspired by these amazing preachers, man, that, that, that we see the, these well-known pastors and these awesome ministries. And, and sometimes if I'm not careful, I can be influenced by what they're doing. But God didn't call me to be them. God called me to be me. And then you can also be pressured to doing things that you feel you have to do. Man, some people feel obligated to preach because they're in leadership. Some people feel pressured to teach. Did, did, did God call you to do that? Was that God? Or, or, or are you just feeling pressure from people? You don't, you don't need to feel pressure to do anything. i got to tell someone this morning. You don't need to feel pressure to do anything by anyone. Don't let people pressure you into a calling when they, act, when they have no context into your life. Don't let, them pre- don't, don't let them say, oh, because you're in this position, you have to do this. It's required of you. Tell them, you don't know me. You didn't make me. You didn't call me. I love you. But shut up. <laughs> so even though God is number one in your life sometimes, we're still moved by the wrong things. We have good intentions. We, we make God the center of everything, but, but we also, we come with emotions. We're influenced by people. We're pressured by people. So that's the first step. God has got to be number one in your life. Here's the next step. And this is kind of the parallel to Genesis chapter three. It's in Luke chapter four. You can, you can turn there. This is thousands of years later after Satan tempted Adam and Eve and succeeded, he then tries to do the exact same thing, the exact same way with Jesus. It's Luke chapter 4. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Verse 3 says, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. There's a pressure. Oh, you're the son of God? Well, then you could easily do this. In fact, you should do this if you're hungry. There's a pressure. Jesus, still being full of the spirit, isn't moved by the pressure though. Verse five says, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant, all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone that I want. If you just worship me, it'll all be yours. There's the influence. You can have everything. You can have your kingdom now. You, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to die. You can, I mean, you're going to get it anyways. Just get it now. Jesus still being full of the spirit isn't moved by influence. And verse 9, 
the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Listen to this. For it is written. Don't tell me the devil don't know the Bible. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully and they will lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your stone against, your, your foot against a stone. There's the emotion. There's the emotion. How beautiful is the protection of God over your life, Jesus. The Father cares about you so much. He loves you so much that if you just fall and, and you just throw yourself down from here my God is going to make a way it's like the devil wrote Jesus a worship song and he made it beautiful to appeal to his emotions but Jesus still being full of the spirit isn't moved by emotion so what's the difference what's the difference in these two stories Jesus was full of the spirit he was full of the spirit he was empty of himself the bible says that he had eaten nothing and he was hungry he was he was empty inside but his spirit was full and and when we allow ourselves to be empty we fill ourselves with emotion we fill ourselves with influence we let others fill ourselves with pressure and that's that's what jesus said when 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 your house is empty the devil he goes he goes and he brings back all his friends and he inhabits that place that is empty never allow yourself to be empty because when you are full of the holy spirit there is less of me there is less of you there is less emotion there is less influence and pressure Jesus was full of the spirit and when you're full of the spirit you're much more likely to be moved by the spirit so this is something church that we're, we're, we're striving for in our church to be a church that is that is moved not by emotion, not by pressure, not by influence, not by temptation, not by our own desires, not by what so-and-so thinks, but by the Spirit of God alone. Because if we can do that, spiritual movement will happen. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't listening. You ain't listening. If we can be moved by the Spirit, spiritual movement will happen. Spiritual progress can take place. New glories can happen because God is, is putting us there, not, not ourselves. When we are filled by the, the Holy Spirit, revival can happen. Better decisions can be made. Fulfilled promises and blessings will be realized when we're moved by Him. And my challenge, my call this morning is to those who say, I want to be moved by Him. Because I've made one too many stakes in my life I want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. <laughs> I'm going to have the worship team come up.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right there where you are, why don't you just bow your heads this morning? <clears throat> In a second, we're going to come up to the altar. We're going to seek the Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna to seek the presence of God in our lives. It starts with us. It starts with me. It starts with my home. I want to be moved by you, Spirit of God, wherever I go. I want to be moved by you, my God, when it comes to calling, when it comes to, to, to work, when it comes to relationships. I want to be moved by you because you are the perfect one. We magnify you. We magnify you first in our lives. And we desire your spirit in our life. If you're there this morning, I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to give opportunity for um, this. We, this is something we do every, every Sunday. If you're there this morning and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're not walking in, in the faith that he has called us to walk in. And you want to realize your purpose this morning. And you're tired of, of living your life away from him. And, and you, you say, you know what, today I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to give him everything that I have. And I want to take that first step to be moved by the Holy Spirit. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hand and I'm going to pray with you. <clears throat> Amen. Praise God. Come on, lift it high, lift it high. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right, let's, I want you to pray. There was, there was four hands raised, church. Okay. If that was you this morning, and you want to receive Christ into your life, I'm just going to ask that you repeat this prayer after me. And you could do it as softly as you need to, but do it with a sincere heart. Think about what you're saying. Salvation it requires repentance. It requires uh, the acknowledgement that, that we need a Savior. So I, wanna, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus who paid for my sins on the cross and resurrected himself along with my spirit. I recognize my sin and from this day forward I want to turn from it and I want to turn to you and I want to make you Lord and Savior over my life. Holy Spirit. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information visit us at primeriglesia.org We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.